Welcome into Hoops Form, production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout Podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host Randy Sherman. Big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Summer is on its way, which means it's time to start thinking about summer camp programs. Your campers will love the 323 Sports Performance Camp t-shirts, which start at an incredibly low price of $7.99. To find out more, visit 323sports.com or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball camp program. Randy, the carousel is in full swing. And uh, what carousel is that? The coaching carousel. Yes. I saw from uh, Adam Nelson over at Hoop Dirt. They track all the changes throughout the year. And he projected back at the start of May, or back at the start of March, excuse me, that around 60 coaches and uh, will uh, change spots just at the D1 level. Okay. And uh, you add in there, obviously, D2, D3, NAIA, prep schools, high school levels, so on and so on and yeah those are thousands maybe even tens of thousands of coaching changes that can occur in any given year yeah kind of a, a surprising number for me i saw the five-year average somewhere around like 53 kind of today a little bit kind of the the process of going through that and i know this is something that you kind of think of this time of year as well mm-hmm. kind of um what are some of the things that you're talking with with coaches and uh maybe even preparing them for yeah, I'd say this time of year, um, the springtime, early summer, as we as we move from spring through the through spring into the early summer is a time when, you know, a coach is at the college and high school level. If they're going to change jobs or look at other opportunities, this is this is the height of that season. So I kind of have in the past and I anticipate ha- helping coaches this offseason once again with things like interview prep interview tips, how you kind of get the feeling that maybe I might, maybe I should change jobs or not, or, or um, a big one is I work with a few assistant coaches in my ramp program um, who are, you know, a JV coach at a school or, or a varsity assistant, or even a college assistant who is trying to make that jump to be a head coach. So I kind of help with that. And uh, just all kinds of things, just, just how to, how to tell if the job is even worth going for stuff like that too. So, so let's go ahead and jump into it and kind of start okay. talking about the process and things to think about. And I'll start with the, the prep for the interview. What would you say are some must do's for coaches as they prepare for that interview? I think two come to mind that I, that I've seen sort of like not done well that that might have cost a coach an opportunity um one is do your homework on the place you're applying i i I was an assistant athletic director and interviewed coaches and uh, for coaching positions and it kind of bothered me when an applicant would show up to an interview or maybe a phone interview or a zoom or something like that um and really not know much about the school um you know why they were applying. I, I just sort of, I, I just sort of got the sense from that candidate that they were, that they were looking for a job, not necessarily looking for a job here. And, and I would say you want to present yourself as interested in the, in the institution, whether that be a university, a high school, a private school or whatever, that you're going to go coach. So one way to express that interest is having done a little homework up front know know something about the school so you can kind of sound like an informed candidate 
I'd say the second thing that would be great for prep would be spend some time putting down on paper sort of your vision for how you want to run a program, not only like say tactically on the court, but like how you might want to set up your coaching staff, how you might um, divvy up duties among your, your assistants and things like that. So you can paint a picture to the interviewer as to uh, what your plan of attack is when you, when you take the job, I, I would be reluctant to hire a coach who sort of couldn't delineate their their structure, their their plan for what they would at least like to do. And let's see if some of those things are possible and see if it's a match. So spend some time thinking about those things. Those would be my main two for prep. The first one that you mentioned, I'll say as a younger coach, I didn't value that as much in regards to the um, maybe the culture of the school, yeah. Um, understanding more than just the, the basketball program itself, but like the kind of school that I think even, especially at the, like it's more important, maybe at the college level where you're recruiting players to that school and what, mm -hmm. what kind of player is a, a fit for that school. And when you come in and you are able to communicate that your vision aligns with the academic mission of the school and the, the athletic culture that's already yeah. existing there at the school i have a feeling that the athletic director whoever you're interviewing with will take you more seriously or be like this is somebody that we want because they'll come in and fit into our program and that doesn't mean you just keep doing what has already been done there but your goals align with what they want to do and i think there's kind of a, a lack of um, value that's put on that sometimes in yeah. sports because it's just um we look just at the sports and we just, we want to have a good basketball program, but like, how do you fit with the other programs that are there at the school? And especially, like I said, at the college level, like how do you fit with the academic side of the school? Yeah, I think too, just, just if you look at trying to get a job as a competitive, a competitive thing, like there's other coaches applying, there's other, they're going to speak to other candidates. I want to set myself apart. And one way to do that is to walk into that interview informed about the place that you're trying to get employment at, like know what it's like, ask around beforehand. Um, if it's kind of out of your geographical area, make some phone calls to someone you might know in the area that might could, could clue you in, do your internet research, all of that stuff. So you you know, like the, the interviewers look at the interviewee and kind of after you leave the room, they're like, that guy kind of knew he, he was really, you know, prepared for what what this job's all about. You know, that, mm -hmm. that we got to separate ourselves from the other applicants. And that's one way you can do it. Uh, I have heard from at least a college coach who interviewed for a place, maybe at the high school level, too. I'm a little bit less familiar with that. Mm -hmm. But I heard one say, I got this job or the the athletic director, whoever it was, was very impressed when I came in. I knew every single one of the players and I had an action plan for each one of the players. And they got so detailed that they had, they had, you know, fast scout or something that was, yeah, they had yeah. an actual whole page for each player and how that player could improve and how that player could have success within their program. And that was something that they said that the person I was interviewing with that really stood out to them because they had a plan, not just for our program, but for the individuals that already were there at the, at the school. So it's a leg up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the actual interview process itself. Um, what are some thoughts that you have as far as going through that process once you start communicating to the school? 
Um, I would say practice. Um, if, if, if you can, whether that be you get a spouse to kind of ask you some questions or you get a friend, another coaching colleague to sort of, I don't know, just test out some of your answers. So um, practicing that is a great idea. I know with the, in, in the ramp program, my, my uh, experience with coaches, one of the things that I've had coaches really uh, what I would deem a really good use of their monthly one-on-one time with me. If they know they've got a job interview coming up, they'll send me an email and say, Hey, Randy, I got, I've got a job interview next Tuesday. Could we meet before then? And you do a mock interview and we literally role play where I play the role of the AD or the school president or, or whatever. And, and it's like, we go into acting mode where, they're them. I'm someone else, and I'm and we we have a mock interview, and I've got a list of questions that that we go through to sort of prep. So, I think I think if I could give you any advice, it would be to prep, to practice, and uh, practice the uh, how you're going to answer that. You know, see if you're getting long winded. See if you're if you're uh, if, if you know you you're not going to be caught off guard by a certain question. You know, so. Um, practice that'd be my biggest advice i'd encourage coaches to ask like friends who have gone through the process yeah um, what, what would you have done different or what were you surprised at what was it like you know what was what, like? what's a committee interview like versus one with a one-on-one person yeah i had another one. tip i would say it's not it's not out of line or rude or or whatever to to you get invited to an interview to send an email or call the person and say hey what type of interview will it be Will it be uh, me and you one-on-one or I'm, I'm going to be interviewing with a committee of two, three people to that. That's, that's a fair question, like to help you prepare. So that'd be another thing that I could do. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist with assist. You get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, lineup data, VPS, and, of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with the HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to find out more. I had a friend send me a, they had their school, the school that he was interviewing with, sent him an entire sheet that had basically a minute by minute breakdown. You're coming to campus and you're going to visit. And these are all the people that you're going to meet and what you're going to do. And a part of that was actually doing a workout with the players. And he and I discussed like, what would you do? And I, I would encourage coaches when you get that opportunity, like showcase everything that you can do in the amount of time that you have. Mm -hmm. So within that workout, for instance, I encouraged him not just to like go through a workout and show that you can put somebody through a workout, but showcase that you can teach the game, that you can interact with the players, that you know how to set, basically build a, build a mini practice and, and just show the, whoever's watching everything that you can do in the amount of time that you have, which I know sounds obvious, but it's more than just the coaching side of it. I feel like, you know, being able to show that you can teach the game, being able to show that you can give feedback, being able to show that you 
care about the players and you're interacting with them one-on-one during that workout. Like I think even the design of something like that can show your organizational skills as well as all of the skills that you possess that are going to help your program be successful in the event that you get that job. Yeah. Another piece of advice that, that I think that's a great, um, what you advise that person to do with that workout time is, is that you got to think about the interviewer, whether that be the school principal, the athletic director, the school president, whomever they're they're They've got a problem. They've got an open job, right? They, they that's, that's a, that's, that's on their to-do list. They would like to get that off, but they want to make a good decision and they're, they have fears about how it could go wrong. And, and I think if you looked at the interview process of like my job in inter in the interview process as the candidate is to put to bed those fears that they might have. What's one of the possible fears? I'm hiring a guy who's a negative uh, communicator. Well, your, your example where you got some practice time with the players, you could put that fear to bed by, by being a positive communicator. Um, I'm, you know, I want to make sure I'm not hiring someone unprepared. Well, show your preparedness, you know, like, so you've got to think about what their reservations are as the administrator and, and your goal in preparing for the interview is one thing, put their fears to rest. So they confidently say, I want to hire this guy and I can do so without qualms. Uh, So I know that there are some coaches that they're not getting fired and looking for a new job, but Mm -hmm. there are options that are maybe out there of Mm -hmm. a job or, or, there's an offer and how do you know that it's time to change jobs or how, how do you at least evaluate the other opportunities that exist out there? Well, I think you asked me two questions there. One, how do you know it's time to change jobs? You know, that, that can be different for every individual. Some, some coaches, some just people in general have like a high change calendar, meaning I'm sure, you know, a friend who maybe gets a new car every two years or, you know, finds change and novelty in their life on a, in in a short span, right? Like, uh, you know, like some people have a very long change calendar. They don't change anything. They've had the same car house haircut since they were, you know, 18 or something. And so they don't, they're not really into change and as much. And we all have a change calendar, but some is shorter than others. So some coaches just like a new environment, a new a new um, setting, a new group of kids, a new place. Um, you know, um, you've got family to consider for a lot of coaches, so it's not just as easy as just I want to change, so I'm going to do it. I get that, but like um, I read a great quote recently that I that I think applies to your your question. Is um, someone asked? Someone was communicating with a CEO of a company and and the the uh, their uh, consultant was looking at their company and they said this this division of your company is kind of on life support meaning it's just kind of rocking along it's just kind of existing it's not really adding much to the company it's not necessarily taking any way anything away but it's on life support so if i would say if you feel like your coaching life your career is kind of on life support meaning yeah, I just go to work every day. I do my job. It's fine. I, I coach the guys and the girls and, you know, it's okay. We're, we're, we're better than most and, you know, are better than some, not as good as others. And if you feel like your career is just sort of like 
flatlined on life support, a change of scenery might do you good. That that happens with coaches. I I, I would say, um, I think one would would be Rick Barnes at Texas. He was there a while, did great, had some good teams, but it's just kind of like wasn't terrible, but wasn't great. And he went to Tennessee, and like it looked to me from, as an observer that that just changing sort of rejuvenated him and thus rejuvenated a, a, a program. So I'd say if you feel like you're sort of like going through the motions, that might be a good clue. Yeah. I've heard, you know, don't make money the the thing that drives it. Uh, sure. But, you know, for some, some, it might be money. It might be that simple. A very individual question. I, I feel like there's a lot yeah. of factors that could go into it, whether it's money or I'm looking at a school – you and I have talked off air about some coaches that are, you know, there's options out there that look to be at a quote unquote higher level or better yeah. opportunity. But if you dig a little bit better, how easy or hard is it going to be able to get players to that school? What are the expectations that the administration is going to put on you? Yeah, um, It could be, like you said, it could be, what is this doing to my family in regards to the amount of time that's required of me or travel or, um, yeah. So, I mean, just considering a lot of di a lot of different things, but I do think on an individual level, it's probably going to change uh, based off the person and the situation. But going back and asking a lot of questions, I think, is important as well, yeah. because it may appear to be something that's better. But when you dig a little bit further, it may not be the best fit. And that's just a word that I keep coming back to, like what fits for you, uh, mm -hmm. your personality and everything else that goes along with it. The other factors that you possess that are different uh, from me. So I would um, say, oh, sorry. I would say no, too, when you're, when you're evaluating a job, one thing that I've seen from coaches that as an older, now I'm, I'm one of the old men in the room now, like I'm like, okay, this, this young coach, like, okay, he's about to make a bad mistake, but you kind of just got to let him, you know, cause like they're, 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 you know, is when evaluating a job, I think sometimes there are coaches who overestimate their ability they evaluate the job and they see all these negatives. Like they don't, you know, whatever the negatives are, that could be explanations. Why, you know, usually good jobs don't come open. Usually it's a job that needs a jolt. Right. So um, not, there are exceptions, but um, you know, a coach sort of like overestimates their ability to, well, you know, they just need me to be there. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around. I'll get it going. And, and you should be confident, right? You should be confident and, and confidence projects to others. So it's a, an important quality. But I have seen coaches who sort of like took a job that's bad, assuming that they could just just them, their existence would sort of fix it and got kind of humbled. So um, my advice would be that guy before you or the woman before you w was probably trying their best also, you know, like they weren't. They, they were probably doing, you know, working as hard as they could and coming up with ideas and strategies and asking for this and asking for that to help improve the coaching situation and met obstacles. And, you know, you're you might not be the answer <laughs> as well. So when evaluating the job, like be careful about that fine line between confidence and it's it just may not be a great situation. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier the assistant coaches and the ones that you talk with in the in the ramp program. Um, yeah. So for that assistant coach uh, who has the potential to to move up, 
or move to another opportunity. What advice do you have for that individual? Man, that's the hardest leap to make, in my opinion. Um, that's the hardest leap to make is from assistant to a head coach. Um, I'm, I've talked to coaches who've tried several times, like, you know, like applied a lot, maybe got into an interview process, but, but, you know, made the finalist final interviews, but they went with someone else. So that's, I feel your pain. It's a it's a it's a tough jump to make. Um, my I, I have two pieces of advice. Uh, one would be to, at, during your time as an assistant, make connections um, with with people. Like remember names, ask for business cards. Um, you know, keep up with people that move on to um, other positions. Send them notes, emails of congratulations if they took a new job. You know, like just. Just keep your relationship network growing and, and, and alive because you never know when that person who you met five years ago, who you've kept in touch with, gets put in a position that could, that could, that could you know, give you a nudge or something like that. So I, I know all of you guys out there that are listening that are assistant coaches are trying this and you felt like it's not working, but it really only takes one connection and one relationship to, to, to get you started. The next piece of advice is going to sound simple, maybe blunt, but when, when, like you're, you're an assistant coach, your, your Twitter feed's not going to help you get a job. Your blog's not going to help you get a job. What's going to help you get a job is when I get that resume on the desk. Oh, he's an assistant at Duke. I don't care what it's, you know, I, they win. You came from a winning program. So my biggest piece of advice would be in the job you currently have an assistant for whatever do your best to help them win but and particularly win in the postseason because that trumps it all um that's just the facts mm -hmm. yeah i i would say as far as you went, talked about the um collecting business cards and networking when you have the opportunity um building those relationships and also working a ton of camps uh, allowed me to connect with people. That yeah. was another, yeah, really that's easy another way. opportunity. Yep. It's a way to do it as an assistant, especially as a young assistant. I think that was, has been really important. And then as you go along, I know of some that have put together like notebooks and those are things that they've been able to then curate. And when it came time for them to interview for a job, they've been able to have something again that they can give to that employer. This is my philosophy. These are, kinds of yeah. plays that I would run. These are the kinds of things that I would do on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's something that you do along the way. That's not necessarily something that you put together at once. So I'm thinking more of like advice right now, whether you're interviewing right now for that head coaching job, yeah. or eventually you would like to be a head coach, put in the work right now to build something like Absolutely. that. So that once it comes time for you to do that interview, you know, this is like you said, we won and this is how we won. And this is what I'm going to do for your program. Yep. Um, can probably kind of add some support to the, to the numbers that you, you are showing them. I've worked with some assistant coaches in, in ramp my, the program and, and uh, they've been members long enough where I've seen them go from assistant to head coach and, and the, the, the better ones that come to mind, they almost like had a, when I become a head coach journal kind of going for years, like in their either an actual one, like they wrote down in a document or in a, in a notebook or something, or like at least in their mind that they 
that they were sort of formulating. And, you know, the sad truth is a lot of times if you're an assistant coach, you're, you may be learning some things that you know you don't want to do when you become a head coach. And um, that's that's valuable, too. So, um, yeah, I would say parting shot, at least on this question, would be you have your notebook, you make your video, you do all that. But, like, I'm not hiring – I'm probably not even going to give a second look at the assistant coach from a four and 24 team. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Yep. All right. Last thing here, uh, could be rapid fire or you can spend time on, on any of these if you want okay. to, but what would you say are some do's and then some don'ts for the interview process? Do prepare. We've already talked about that. Don't, uh, ramble. Do, um, be truthful, meaning like uh, don't fudge your resume, don't fudge your experience, just be truthful. Uh, represent yourself authentically. Like don't don't come in there selling like you're a youth minister or something and then you show up and you've got language like Bob Knight or something like don't don't misrepresent yourself. If you're, you know, be authentic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um don't um uh, don't talk bad about um other coaches or the job someone does um that's a that's a turn off i would say so those are some do's and don'ts so just brainstorming spitballing there yeah the do is that what you already said there but i would say i do represent yourself because you don't it's going to come out and it's going to show and, and i've heard the of competition reveals us right, right. so not going to hide forever. Yeah. 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 That's good. You mentioned earlier the, the ramp program that you do, and this mm -hmm. is basically the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes have been just a very small part of the kinds of things that you do for them. Can, can you talk about that? And even the sheet that you have, have shown me that you kind of go process, you go through them and talk about that program a little bit. Yeah. So each member in the program gets a, a monthly one-on-one -on -one session with me on a zoom where we might talk about X's and O's. We might look at video of their team. We might have a conversation about, you know, something they read that I wrote and they want to learn a little bit more about. So it can go a lot of different ways, but one good and creative use that I've done is apropos to today's topic is coach, I've got a job interview coming up and I want, I'm interested in the opportunity. Could you help me prepare? And I've kind of have experience doing this in my own career as an assistant athletic director. I was in charge of sort of like a department within a department in women's athletics. And I interviewed coaches. I was like the first person they interviewed with. And if I liked them, I took two or three candidates up the chain. So I've done this and, and kind of seeing good candidates and bad candidates. And in the ramp program, I do mock interviews with coaches and, and put them through the ringer, man. It's just like, and while they're answering my questions, I take notes and then we kind of wrap up and I say, yeah, yeah, I didn't like your answer there. You need to work on that or or uh, you, need, you probably should have mentioned this or you probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Uh, yeah, just just practice, man, just preparing like for for the for the big moment of, of an interview. I, 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 I don't know. And not in every coaching situation is the interview kind of what makes or breaks it, but you could probably lose the job in the interview, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, this is something that that Randy has been through, spent a lot of time going with people through. If you're watching, you can see on the screen, I'm sure he would be happy to answer questions and then also answer more questions about the RAMP yeah. program at Radius Athletics. If you have any questions for me or anything about things that we talked about today, please feel free to reach out to us. I'm at Tony W. Miller on Twitter. Thanks to all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch on the Radius Athletics YouTube page. Or if you're more inclined to listen, just search any podcast platform, a quick timeout, and there you'll find the audio version of the show. Uh, for Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on Hoops Forum.